If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that will make up our own mind if X marks the flop, it's Sifpa. You're trying to figure that one out, Andrew. A little bit. A little bit. Welcome to Sif Pop Streaming Live. Most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. He's my quirky and qualified co-host, Andrew Ormsby. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And this week on our minds, pretty much Dark Phoenix. Yeah. We didn't do Secret Life of Pets 2. Like just, oh I, yeah, that came out, didn't it? Yeah, it's really fast. Maybe we'll talk about this before we get into the actual review and stuff. Um, Secret Life, Secret uh, Life of Pets Two is going to be my biggest mistake in the summer sum game because the first one made what three fifty four hundred million dollars, and I'm like, well, it's at least going to do you know two fifty, right? Like, and I don't know that it's going to. Like, it doesn't look like it's even going to beat Dark Fiend phoenix this weekend and dark phoenix isn't doing great this weekend so yep it's i was proud that i didn't put dark phoenix on my list you know i saw that one coming but man i sure did think secret life of pets was gonna make some money all that money's going to godzilla (laughs) no no andrew (laughs) it is it is not uh if you haven't i haven't gone a a couple times lately so i'll I'll get it back up oh that's true andrew is trying to single-handedly make sure godzilla uh tops the list yeah it's really fascinating right now if if you actually go to the website um which you can just go to sifpop.com and then click on where it says summer sum game 
there's some cool graphs and stuff that automatically update at the bottom now. And you can compare any of the movies in the top 10 against each other, like week by week and see how they're like battling each other. Uh, and right now, Godzilla, Pikachu and John Wick three all basically have the same line. Like they're hmm. all the same graph over the first few days. Um, I think John Wick three will pass Pikachu. It's like 3 million behind right now. But you can tell from the graph, it's just a little bit above where Pikachu is. Mm. Um, so I think it will pass it. But I think Godzilla is going to come up underneath both of those. No. So. King of the box office. <laughs> he remains convinced. Yep. Um, we're going to have a fun time. We've got, of course, some buried treasure that we're going to do today. We've got a Sift quest that you sent us uh, that is about um, kind of distractions, like distractions outside of a movie and how they weigh into when you actually watch a movie, which is going to be an interesting discussion. Uh, we're going to do a best ever challenge on city ty- city names in the title, which <laughs> yeah. that's a fun one, right? Yeah. Like you wouldn't think Dark Phoenix is about the city Phoenix, but yeah. Phoenix is right there in the title. So be interesting to see what you came up with for that one. I got a lot. Uh, I do too. So it'll be a nice, nice long (laughs) list of honorable mentions there. I'm sure from both of us. Oh yeah. Uh, And of course, we are going to review Dark Phoenix as well. But we like to kick it off first with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick a few topics for us to discuss, and we must decide: Do we care (laughs) or not? Number one, I'm changing it up. No, I like it. I actually, I'm going to put Do We Care actually in my little ramble. I like it. I like it. Quentin Tarantino and writer Jared Carmichael are working on a sequel for Django Unchained, but the sequel will introduce a new character, Mm. one that many people are familiar with, the masked vigilante who fights for the people of California, Zorro. Wait, Zorro's going to be in... There is a Vertigo comic series where Django Unchained teams up with Zorro. Interesting. Was Django... Is that a comic property? I didn't know that no, when Quentin did it. it was a, or Django originally was forgive like Forgive my su- Quentin Tarantino lack of knowledge. I'm just, you know. Yeah, Django was originally like a super old like Western movie. But okay. it wasn't about like any anything that Quentin Tarantino made it about. Exactly. Yeah. He just took okay. the name pretty much. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have expected a lot of things I saw in Django Unchained to be in an old time Western movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's for sure. But um after Django Unchained came out, Vertigo, who's owned by DC, mm-hmm. said, Hey, I like that character. Let's uh put him with uh you know, Zorro. Man. So it, it's Django slash Zorro. And now Jared Carmichael, who is a Hollywood writer that some people know about. <laughs> uh, yeah, him and uh, Quentin Tarantino, they're going to be working on a movie together. That's interesting. I, I don't know immediately that I would have thought that Quentin Tarantino would be the kind of person into like weird mashups. But the second I think about it, I'm like, oh, no, no, that's exactly the kind of thing that Quentin Tarantino would probably be into. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's got that yeah. brain that's like, no, nah, let's just have fun and do something weird and yeah. and that kind of thing. Um I, I Zorro in Quentin Tarantino movie, I can kind of see it, but I'm kind I'm not sure I kind of want to. I don't think <laughs> that he's going to be directing. I think this is just going to be like a producing like since he came up with oh. this version of Django because don't forget he is Oh, now I'm much less excited. Because I think And Django, I'm not even a Quentin fan. It's just like yeah. his property, I would think. Yeah. He would I think that's why he's only producing it. I could be wrong. It's very sparse information at this point because it's so early in like 
pre-production and all yeah. that. So it could be one of those things where he's just producing it along with Jared and they're going to find somebody else because I think Quentin Tarantino said he's only going to make, what, two more movies after this? He's got something to do. Do you he ever believe do- that, though? When directors say that, do you ever believe them? Actually, yeah, with Quentin Tarantino, for some reason, I kind of do. Yeah, maybe. Um, but I th- I see him for directing, yeah, but I'll still see him, like, writing stuff, you know, and uh, producing stuff. But even starring in stuff, I don't know. Guys yeah. is in, like, every single one of his movies, isn't he? Yeah, a lot of directors doing that these yeah. days. Old Hitchcock. Hitchcock, he started a trend, that yep. crazy Hitchcock. So yeah, that's uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Something to think about. Yeah, I haven't read the Vertigo comic, but now I kind of want to. Well, you're a DC guy, so you should. Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> there are so many DC properties. Number two. Number two. Tom Holland will be kicking off a new franchise alongside everyone's favorite web slinger. After so long in development limbo, Sony will be launching its Uncharted movie series yes. with Holland playing a younger version of the charismatic Nathan Drake. The answer is yes. I care about this very much. Do you know why I care about this very much? Does it have to do with Indiana Jones? It does not. Okay. Although I do like, you know, kind of that treasure hunting, you know, kind of thing that Uncharted does and Indiana Jones does and a lot of stuff does. Do you is, know? Does it just cement the fact that, uh, wait, ha- oh, just tell me. <laughs> I, I don't want to say. But guessing is so much fun. Does it have to, I was thinking, oh, are you excited that Tom Holland is going to be known is not just Spider-Man from now on? Well, that, he's actually that is a, true. That is definitely up there. I'm, yeah. I, and I'm a huge Tom Holland fan. I yeah. think he's great as Spider-Man, and, and I think this will be a really fun opportunity for to, to do something a little different. No, I'm excited because Dan Trachtenberg is directing this. Oh, yeah. And I'm a huge Trachtenberg fan from way back when he wasn't even a director when he was just on a show called the totally rad show then you did uh that uh what, portal like short mm-hmm. and then you did 10 cloverfield lane which <laughs> yeah woo, that's a good movie yeah he also did uh black mirror playtest uh the episode playtest do you remember which that one, one was that one that's the one where the guy is testing out a new video game oh re- mom re- mom mom yeah oh that one was horrifying <laughs> right yeah i didn't know he did that one yeah I think so. If I've got if I've got my memory right, um, so I've been following Dan for a while now, and I'm I'm pumped. It's one of those weird things where, and I, you know, I've kind of actually with doing this felt this from both sides sometimes, and it's it's this beautiful thing where you're friends with somebody who you've never met. Um, yeah, and you know what I mean. Like I watched the Totally Rad show so much, and I was like, I'm friends with those guys, Jeff Kanata and yeah. Dan Trachtenberg, and you know Alex. Like I, you know, I feel like I'm friends with him, even though we've met. Well, actually, I have met Jeff now, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um. But uh, so, anyways, it's it's really interesting to watch his career and be like, that's my friend Dan. And I'm like, yeah, he has no idea who I am. <laughs> I just feel like I know the guy. That's how I was with Rooster Teeth for a really long time. Yeah. I was like, I love oh, it. It's so fun. I know fun. Bernie. Yeah, I know Gavin. I know Jeff. All those cool guys. And then when I did meet them, I forgot that they'd never met me. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta let them know I'm just a fan. So, anyways, <laughs> I'm really pumped to see how Uncharted does. I'm definitely gonna be biased. You know, it's one of those things where I know going in, I'm gonna have a little bias going, especially with Tom Holland being in it. But have it could you, be a lot of fun. Have you ever played any of the Uncharted games? Um, hmm. I don't think I've played a second of any of them. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I, I played all of them. Yeah. Well, then you know Naughty Dog is infamous for having like 
superb stories for all of their games from the uncharted to uh what's the incredibly depressing game that they did uh uh oh the last of us last of us yeah that's a that's I've a heard good things about that one. Oh yeah. man it's crazy good but yeah. it is <laughs> it ups you in the beginning i'll just say that and it's pretty it's pretty dour way of starting off a video game Andrew, let me ask you this. Do you think that they will make this movie off of one of the existing stories from the games, or will it be completely new? I think this is going to be completely new starting whenever Nathan Drake is young, because Tom Holland's only like 23-ish, something like that. Yeah, I was going to say, it's going to have to be a, a very young yeah. Drake. Um, so it's got to be something to do with him, you know, just finally getting into the whole fascination of you know treasure hunting and stuff like that um which you know they kind of tease in some of the games like him and his older brother they kind of do that thing but i actually think that this is going to be its own thing have nothing to do what i'm curious about is who's going to be playing sully or oh did either of you see the nathan fillion uncharted yes Pretty great, isn't it? Yeah, it was on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's so fun. I think he knows that technically he's out of Hollywood's mindset for those kind of roles anymore. But he's perfect. But he's for gonna it. be having fun with them anyway because again, we've seen him in Firefly be the perfect, you yeah. know, uh, uh, example of this kind of character. Yeah, right? the charismatic, so, yeah, confident, just yeah, funny guy. And be I don't mean just Firefly. He's obviously done other stuff as well. I just mean that's kind of where we've. Yeah, you know, first that knew that he could do castle. That. What else? I just saw something with him in it. Fillion's anyway. great. Oh yeah, I love Fillion. So yeah, uh, that's gonna be great. Number three. Number three. Ke- I don't care about this. Ke- <laughs> he answers the question before he yeah. even asks it. Kevin Hart will produce and most likely star in a remake of Scrooged. Hmm. Do you care in a bad way? Yeah. And you're like, Universe, why are you doing this to me? Exactly, yeah. Like, uh, is Paramount, I think, uh, uh-huh. did uh, the first one. Yep, there it is. Well, Paramount. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, this is an audio podcast, Andrew. Hey, Just wait, because look, there are a few people this, watching look at this live, this thing. is, always remember, this is an audio I'm podcast. I'm going to do that every single week. <laughs> I I'm know you will. <laughs> I know you will. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, why why remake a good movie? I'm <laughs> Ask Hollywood that every week, man. I know. Like, this is but, you know, half think, of what they're doing, if not more. I think that, you know, Bill Murray could pull off a Scrooge because mm-hmm. he had that sarcastic, you know, persona to him, you know, but I don't see Kevin Hart that kind as of, a Scrooge. I don't know. Well, I don't. Kevin Hart and Bill Murray definitely have a different sensibility, but they do kind of both have that comedic sarcasm thing going on yeah. you know what i mean i think and kevin when kevin hart's, hart's good he's really good the thing i think whenever i just think of kevin hart, i'm like i mean you're too likable to be a scrooged uh, you know that is some that is true bill murray isn't the same i mean he's a likable enough guy yeah but he, but he has play. an edge to his character that is definitely even when he's being you know uh bob and what about bob there's there's an annoyance <laughs> yeah. and an edge to him yeah uh that's a little bit different even though he's likable right exactly. so yeah i can i can see that i can see maybe your problem i i mean again with most of this stuff it's always wait and see for me and kevin yeah. i've seen kevin hart be hilarious enough that who knows i think with us with a lot of things you get a good writer you get a good story and 
you know, he tells Scrooge in, a, in an interesting new way. And well, Charles Dickens is known for giving us pretty good stories. <laughs> he's, a, he's a pretty good writer. Listen, he's a pretty good been, writer. How many? I mean, how many versions of the Scrooge story have we seen in movies? Well, At least Muppet half a Christmas dozen. Carol's right? The best. I do love Muppet Christmas Carol. I'm not even joking when no, I say I that. It's that. my favorite. The Jim Carrey one is surprisingly dark. I, w- I thought you were going to say surprisingly good, and I was going to be very happy because I actually like that movie more than most people do. But I mean, it's just the story, but it's creepy. I, I yeah. saw it, and I was like, oh, kids aren't going to be, be able to <laughs> enjoy this. It's horrifying. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. So, yeah, if, if it can live up to the the Bill Murray Scrooge, then, you know, yeah, we just like you said, you got to keep your fingers crossed. Right. But, uh, you know what? That's going to wrap it up. Or do we care? I love I love the idea of, um, of instead of saying keeping your fingers crossed, I'm going to start doing what Hugh uh, Grant does in Paddington. Have you seen Paddington Two yet? Yeah, we reviewed it. Um, he just goes, he goes, fingers, 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 fingers. It just makes fingers. me laugh. <laughs> just like... oh, so that's yeah. adorable. Ho- hopefully, Scrooge will be great. Fingers, 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 fingers. I can't say that fast. Apparently, uh, let us uh, move on to review of Dark Phoenix, shall we? Kai. She should be dead. Did you hear what the kids are calling you? Phoenix. Hello, Jean. Who are you? The better question is, who are you? Something's happening to me. When I lose control, bad things happen. But it feels good. During a life-threatening rescue mission in space, Jean Grey is hit by a cosmic force that transforms her into one of the most powerful mutants of all. Wrestling with this increasingly unstable power as well as her own personal demons, Jean spirals out of control, tearing the X-Men family apart and threatening to destroy the very fabric of our planet. Uh, I was trying to give enough melodrama to the description uh, for how melodramatic this movie is. Um, So let's just uh, let's start with this. Uh, Not great reviews. For Dark Phoenix. No. Currently sitting in the 20s on Rotten Tomatoes, I think, and people are saying it's bad, very bad. Uh, so I had very low expectations going in. Same. Uh, so let's talk about it. Do you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I didn't like it, but it's not as bad as people are making not it out at to all. be. Is it? I'm right there in the boat with you. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I am going to say I liked it. Really? On the very low side of liked it, but I had a good time. No, okay. Like I said, I didn't like it. It, close to okay yeah. close to okay but people are saying like it's the worst x-men movie of all time and i'm like mm-hmm. have you not seen origins <laughs> or last stand or i could name a few x-men movies that are do worse you, than this do you think part of it is the disappointment um in that it's the final one in kind of this series and so there's almost people aren't comparing it to origins or last stand right they're comparing it to First Class and Days of Future Past and Apocalypse. And I, I don't know. So there's there's this kind of thing where I wonder if part of it is like, oh, man, you know, this is how we're going to finish. Apocalypse is worse than this one. Oh, I agree. No, I totally agree. Yeah. And I actually liked Apocalypse more than most people. But I think no, this I is... didn't like Apocalypse <laughs> at all. I actually hate that movie. Let me say this. I'm going to just start here uh, with talking about why I enjoyed this movie. I think I'm just an X-Men fan, man. And I think I say this every time I go to an X-Men movie, 
you could make this is kind of the Godzilla thing from last week, mm. right? It's kind of like you could make a bad X. You made a bad X Men movie. <laughs> <laughs> you made a movie that's not a great movie in a lot of ways, and I still had a good time because I am so on board with this universe. I said from the very beginning, the property of the X Men is possibly the most powerful franchise pop property could be. Uh, in all of Hollywood, and I think it's right up there, could be, I should say, right up there with Star Wars um, and other properties like that. Because it's so vast, because you can do so much with it, because it has such a nostalgic place in so many people's childhoods, even if you didn't read the comics, it's possible you watched the the cartoon, great X-Men cartoon <laughs> growing up. Um, so you've got all of those things, right, yeah. that add to this. And then you've got a series of, I mean, this is, is this the, how many movies is this? Oh, gosh. I'd have to look it up. Maybe 11, produ- 12, Yeah, maybe something. producer Phil can give us the exact number at some point. But, yeah. um, but there's all these movies leading up to this. And it's like, I'm just, I enjoy this world. And yeah. I, I, and so because of that, I'm so forgiving. You add that to my lowered expectations and I think that's why I had a good time. Yeah. And I can see the flaws. I'm not, you know, I'm not blind. There's yeah. a lot of flaws here, but man, these are these are great performers, you know. The material they're given isn't all that great this time, but they're yeah. still doing good work. There's been twelve. Twelve. Oh, who's good? <laughs> you are, Andrew. Thank you. You you are qualified. <laughs> This, okay. Well, anyways, I don't know why, was the, but that just sounded kind of insulting. You're qualified. You're the bare minimum. I mean, it was a callback to the intro. I was just, you know, anyways. By uh, the way, on those intros, are you going in like alphabetical order? Oh, you caught on, did you? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. So T or S next time. Yeah. Or R. Yeah. We'll I get- forgot how to alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yes. to sing the song every time. <laughs> Actually, I do. I'm not even lying. If yeah. you say a, a letter, I I have to do the whole song to get to the next letter. That's I can't, amazing. If you said like, I think we're all kind of like that yeah. in some way or another. Yeah. I mean, maybe you can start at a later letter. Like I would have started at Q, probably. Right? Like Q R S. Go from yeah. there. See. Probably do that. But. <laughs> And this has been the Alphabet Podcast. Yeah, exactly, yeah. With Aaron and Andrew. Uh, so all that to say, I had a much better time than I was expecting. I, If I'm being completely honest, it probably is more high side of it was okay than low side of liked it. It's right there on that you know precipice. Um, but I think because of all the negative press it's getting, I kind of want to say I liked it. Just to you know let people know, if you're an X-Men fan, you can still find some stuff to enjoy here. Yeah. Um, specifically, uh, the character, uh, Nightcrawler does some stuff in here that is wonderful. He's my, he's my favorite X-Men. Yeah. And I was glad to see him not given short shrift here. Um, and that team that they've kind of put together here is, is a fun team. Um, the, uh, this, the visuals are hit and miss, yeah. but when they're good, they're really good. You know, they're really interesting. Um, and so there, you know, there's, there's enough X-Men stuff. I, I never felt bored. I'll tell you that, I, you know, and there, no, there yeah. wasn't a moment in this movie where I was like, Oh, could we please get on to the X-Mening? You know, like it was, yeah. I, I, I understood where it was going and what they were doing and it was, you know, I was there. So it was good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, whenever you're going to see the headlines, you know, the, uh, the, 
trailer cameo or the, the trailer quote. promos. Yeah, the bulk quote. <laughs> I was there, Aaron Dicer. <laughs> yeah, uh, not exactly how I meant it, but that is how it came out. So, yeah, yeah. I'll throw out my first pro, and that's going to be especially Sophie Turner, but a lot of the performances in this are pretty good. Yeah. Sophie Turner especially, you know, for what I she's... I kind of disagree there, but go ahead. Tell me what you loved about it. No, I... I thought she it... got outacted all around her. I really? thought she couldn't quite live up to everybody. She's great, and she's incredible in Game of Thrones. She has some scenes in Game of Thrones that blow me away. Yeah. But I just didn't see a lot from her in this. So what did you see? Well, whenever I saw everybody else, like McAvoy or Fastbender or those guys, I'm mm-hmm. like... They want out of this franchise. Yeah, there is a little bit of phoning it in going on here. Especially Jennifer Lawrence really just feels oh like my gosh, yeah. she just showed up and said yeah. her lines. Well, here's uh, I hate thing. saying that, by the way, but it did feel like that a couple here's times. Here's the thing, and I'm, I'm not to get into cons already. Sure. I think they knew this wasn't going to be a good movie because they're like, the first one took place in the 60s, mm-hmm. then it took place in the 80s and now this one's in the 90s and none of us have aged (laughs) we're all the same age well that's the true mutant power nobody's talking about well except that uh magneto is six years yeah they're they're six years away from being ian suri mckellen and patrick stewart right michael fassbender does not look six years away (laughs) no from being mckellen no not at all yeah I mean, they said that, you know, Days of Future Past retconned everything, but it can't retcon aging. (laughs) Maybe it can. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think that Sophie Turner really, you know, because she, uh, what she's asked to do, Mm -hmm. she is great at what she's asked to do. Character choices and character arcs don't make a lot of sense with her, but her actual performance, I think, is super good. I'm going to say uh, say something on the performances uh, that I liked that I think a lot of people will disagree with. Um, I thought, oh, her name just slipped my mind. Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. I th- I loved her chewing oh, this up. Hey, I know. Her I, and I get it. I told, no, I hate, I kind of did hate the character, but I kind of loved what she was doing in that I don't know that I've ever seen her just kind of be like chew the scenery evil like that. And it was just, it was psychotic in a way. I don't think I've ever seen her be that. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a different tool in your toolbox. Her and her cronies, I guess I'll call them. Yeah. Are the most underdeveloped nonsensical. What is going on? Completely. Like it's the worst in any X-Men movie ever. Totally agree. I can't even name what they called themselves or anything. Or I don't don't think the movie ever did. Yeah. Motives uh, changed throughout Mm -hmm. this movie. Like, they wanted to do something, then they changed it to this and Mm -hmm. this and this. I'm like, okay, so I don't know who the villain is. Is it going to be them? Is it going to be Well, we don't know anything about... Yeah. Which, by the way, in Apocalypse, she had the Phoenix power. So why is it all of a sudden that she is given the power in this movie? Yeah. Because remember, at the end of Apocalypse, she kills him Mm -hmm. with phoenix Uh uh-huh yeah i just did my Najee richardson (laughs) (laughs) um but that was confusing to me too and and honestly like i felt like the aliens were needed at the beginning of the movie just to kind of explain some stuff and at the very end but we're almost not even required for most of the film yeah i i i I was you might need to edit that out (laughs) i almost said some spoiler stuff a little bit ago um but yeah we'll we'll talk more about it in the spoilers but yeah but yeah, it's it's crazy how little they had a role to play in this, for sure. Um, I mean, 
they could have had a good role. Just give me a fleshed out backstory, you know, like let me know who, why, what, where. Mm-hmm. Those are questions I need answered. Yeah. And it doesn't really do it at all. It does. It does a little bit. It does a little bit with the characters, but not a lot. Like our like, main characters, um, there's a little bit of. It's mostly relational, right? Like most of the work, oh, the who, what, where's for. Yeah. Like the, I, no, I'm talking solely for right the cronies and Jessica Chastain. Mm-hmm. And what I was, what I'm saying is, I think the movie does understand that at least a little bit with its main characters, and then we get a lot of relational motivations uh, in this movie. Um, but even those are pretty thin at the end of the day. It's a movie that just wants to get from point A to point B and have some action set pieces along the way. And yeah, and that's what it does. So, um, yeah, there's there's a lot here that you have to look over, you know, to glance past. And that's where I think you and I are going to differentiate, because mm-hmm. I think you looking over those things is what lets you say that you think the movie's OK. Kind yeah, of totally. liked it. 100%. Whereas I'm like, no, I can't because. You know, 40 years that you haven't aged, character arcs don't make sense, terrible villain, like no story mm-hmm. premise at all. Those are the things that keep me from saying I don't like it. But performances, uh, action sequences are really fun. And whenever I think of that and I'm like, okay, so what is it that's making people say this is the worst X-Men movie ever? Uh, again, yeah, I think it may just be, you know, not sticking the landing, that kind of thing that happens. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed uh, the set pieces in this. I, I the, the use of the different X-Men's powers, which is always a big thing for me in X-Men movies, yeah. how creatively are you using their mutant abilities. I think this movie did that really well. That's my favorite thing about this movie is that it continues to creatively think about how these powers could be used. Yeah. There's a sequence that takes place like on a street Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh yeah, you're utilizing so much stuff. You're not just, Mm -hmm. you know, Magneto, 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 right? Yeah, you know, or Cyclops. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's pretty. I would have never thought of that. I love that. I love that from an X Men movie specifically. That and that is my favorite part about Dark Phoenix is that that move. This movie, I think, does that really well. That's what keeps me engaged. That's what keeps me having fun, even when other stuff isn't clicking. Is oh. You know, this person's power combined with this person's power could do this unique thing that's yeah. kind of cool and and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I I really enjoy that. There is a li- there is a little bit of yada yadaing. The There's f- a lot of yada yada. Well, I mean, even the powers, like the f- especially the Phoenix stuff. She does some things without really any explanation of what's going on, other than look omnipotence. You know, yeah. Um. So that that was a little bothersome to me, but. But otherwise, the power stuff worked for me. Um, can I just say this before we move into more negatives, if we have them? Sure. Um, I wonder how confusing this is for um, casual observers of movies. What I mean by that is uh, my wife, who is a casual observer of movies, she's not like us and watching every detail and, you know, into it kind of thing. Yeah. But she does love movies and she likes the X-Men movies. Um, and, you know, she's very intelligent. It's not like she's not smart. But she went to this movie going, wait a second, didn't we already see her turn into Dark Phoenix? Yeah. In the, and I don't even mean an apocalypse. She meant in oh, last stand. the last stand. Uh. And she was like, I don't, I don't understand. Like she was having a hard time. You know, understanding how the Days of Future Past stuff worked, in, you know, like all that kind of stuff. 
Have they complicated the timeline in the stream so much that for the casual observer, it's kind of hard to understand what's going on? Even if you kind of, you know, follow, it can get confusing. Yeah. Fox has, like, butchered with this whole timeline thing. Mm -hmm. Once they implemented Days of Future Past time travel. Which I loved, by the way. I actually really like them trying to do that. Yeah. Because I love seeing all of them together, like, you know, the two Magnetos and the okay, two Xaviers. In, and... in Days of Future Past, it worked. Right. But everything after that it just fell short. Like, nothing, like, they didn't care about, like, uh, it, you know, just, we're going to get through this, Marvel's going to buy us, we'll just throw out well, try and do a quick true. cash grab, you know, before, you know, everything goes under. You know, sometimes I wonder... Like that idea of try to do a quick, quick cash grab before stuff goes under. Like, I wonder if we're too judgmental about that kind of stuff. Like it's a business, right? Like at the end of the day, there's nothing wrong. Like cash grab is obviously a very negative term, but there's nothing wrong with trying to make, you know, a little more money from the franchise while you have it. Right. Like, I wonder if yes, there is on this level because you're giving us a, a product. Thing. Right. You're giving us a product. If McDonald's, you know, was going under and they started to sell Big Macs, but they only gave us the buns, you know, like, you know, <laughs> well, that's the free market, right? People would stop going to McDonald's, right? Like, that's kind of how it works. And that's what I'm saying here. You know, exactly. people are just going to if they don't like it, then, you know, word of mouth is going to get around. Right. And it could be that this movie uh, actually doesn't make its money back. Oof, that would be rough. That would definitely be rough. Um, yeah. I'm, ex I'm excited to talk more in spoilers about some specific things. What I uh, am hoping is that, you know, these 12 movies don't confuse people whenever X-Men are in the MCU. That it's going to be interesting because it will a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, I'm telling you. It seems weird to us, but casual observers will not know the difference. A lot of them will not understand that it's not the same That's characters. That's not Hugh Jackman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that'll be the positive part, right? The positive part will be the idea that they will cast new actors and actresses. I'm excited about that. And I'm, I'm very excited. In fact, let's talk about that for our members-only uh, post-show. Who we think should play. Yeah, let's talk about the future of the X-Men in the MCU. Okay. We'll talk about that in the member show. Cool. So that'll be a lot of fun. Any other negatives um, that you want yeah, to bring up? Um, this is kind of spoiler, but not really. Um, I think that we've seen Charles Xavier have this ideal and mindset for 12 movies or 11 movies mm -hmm. and then in a single movie they just forget everything that that character was about and they change his motivations what his goals are for a story arc that doesn't make any sense hmm. i kind of like that story arc I think it adds texture and depth to that character. I don't think it changes the core of who he is. I think it, it helps him realize how the core of who he is led him in some paths that didn't actually line up with his end goal. So I think it's all motivated by the same motivations. I think he just realized he was taking the wrong path. Does that make sense? I kind of like that, actually. I'm going to have to wait till spoilers to get into <laughs> specifics. <laughs> to prove me wrong. No, not to prove you no, wrong. No, 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 totally. To, I, yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a good spoiler conversation. Uh, excited to get there. That should show up in your feed next. Um, any final thoughts? Any one last I, thing? I don't know if I'd recommend it, but I do want people to know it's not as bad as everybody's barking and hollering that it's the worst 
movie ever made you know well and honestly uh honestly that that was mostly uh seems to have been critics like the the people who saw it early right once people started seeing and i did see a lot of people popping up on twitter basically saying the same thing this movie isn't that bad oh it's not an oscar contender but it's (laughs) it's it's not that bad um so yeah i I would definitely go along with with that assessment if you're an x-men person like absolutely Go see it. If you, know, you just want to see X Men do cool stuff, then yeah, it's yeah, a good yeah, movie. exactly. Yeah, but if you want a good story like Logan or Days of Future Past, if you want or something, X2, you're, you're not going to get that. My one last thing is that I, you know, one of the biggest strengths of this uh, franchise, and a, another one of the reasons I think it could be the most powerful franchise in Hollywood, is the the themes, uh, is the underlying themes of, of oppression, yeah, stuff like that. difference and acceptance and those kind of things. And That's it's just, always been the the backbone of it, X-Men. It's just not really here. They're just they just don't show up a lot in this movie. The main theme in this movie seem what well, twofold kind of. There's definitely a uh, a woman theme, a theme about, you know, there's there's actually a couple very blatant <laughs> blatant lines in this movie uh to bring that up. And then there's Which also they didn't make sense because those claims aren't, you know, validated by actions in well, the movie we, we can like, talk it we can talk about it in spoilers yeah i'm trying to be very vague here <laughs> the other theme which i actually did like in this movie but it's really barely there and it doesn't actually get as deep as x-men movies usually do is the idea of your powers aren't the problem what you do with them is the issue in other words uh he uses an example of a pen yeah you know and and that's it that's and that is through this movie a couple times that comes back the idea of you know Dark Phoenix and who she is isn't bad, but what she does with who she is can be either bad or good. So, you know, so the choice is up to you. So yeah. that is here. It is consistent. It's just not as deep or meaningful as the themes that are built into this universe usually are. Um, and so I did notice that. But yeah, I think it's a recommend for me, especially if you love the X-Men. If you're not a I mean, if you're not a superhero fan, I don't think you're gonna enjoy much of this because that's the only stuff i really enjoyed was the superhero stuff you know that fun stuff so so there you go there's our thoughts on dark phoenix uh let's move on to the best ever challenge uh this is where we name the best movies ever in a particular category and we'll go from number five to number one and we're doing best ever movies with a city in the title yeah Uh, how hard did you stretch this one did you have to stretch it at all? No. For your for your five? Mm. I think I have one in my top five that you might consider a stretch. Maybe. Maybe okay. not. We'll see. And then I have, I'm guessing, 40 honorable mentions. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six. We're not going to sit here while you count them. We'll just we'll sit here while you 13. list them. We'll 13. 13 honorable mentions. We'll sit here while we list them off, but not while you count them. Uh, let's start with number five. Who do you want to Who do you want to kick us off? Well, Phil, do you have a specific order that we need to go in? Oh, or? yeah, no. that's right. We've got... No. Just do your thing. Okay. Phil is the quintessential producer. Yeah. He, he can make it happen. I just want to make it easy for Phil. So I guess I can start. Yeah, do it. 310 to Yuma. Nice. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, well, let's go ahead and talk about it. It's my number four. So okay. I'll be talking about it next anyway. Yeah. Um, well, it's probably one of the best Western, best modern Western. It's so good. Yeah. I'm not a, you're a Western fan. Love so me some you Westerns. should respect Andrew's opinion even more than mine on this. I am not a Western fan, so maybe the fact that I love this movie, maybe that means something as well. Yeah. Um, because I, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, Russell Crowe, Christian Bale, uh, they're 
chewing up this movie. The mm-hmm. performances are outlandishly good. Because mm-hmm. um, I'd never seen Russell Crowe be that kind of an evil before. Yeah. Like, uh, he's he's suave and charismatic, but then he has some scenes where he's the devil. Mm-hmm. And just that kind of range, I guess I could say, um, on the backbone of an amazing story, you know? It's simple. Get the bad guy to jail. Yeah. Before the other bad guys get to you. It's simple, and that's what I like, because that exactly. is quintessential to westerns simple story great performances the story can be simple but the execution has to be good right you look at like the good the bad and the ugly what i consider the not only the best western but the best movie of all time it's simple three guys want treasure they have to work together to get the treasure yeah but then you add the elements of the civil war that they hate each other that each of them knows Mm -hmm. a secret so they can't kill each other it's everything that makes you know that you wish other movies could look at and learn from. And 310 to Yuma honors that at the same time of just being a good movie. Um, you think of it as a, a locomotive, right? Since we're in 310 to Yuma, right? <laughs> so the idea here that movies sometimes get wrong, but this movie definitely gets right. And I love it when movies get this right. There has to be an underlying track that is pointing the way from, you know, the beginning to the end that is just moving like it is that is the underlying foundational motivation of the movie this has to happen then you add the periphery stuff right you you add different relationship motivations different things that can happen but underneath it all if you've got a really strong simple understandable so the audience always knows if they're not involved in this thing that you throw in or this thing that you throw in but they're involved in oh they got to get him there like the whole time That keeps you, that holds you. And it's kind of that trump card that a lot of movies don't think of is just to have that A to Z complete, powerful, you know, run the train on the tracks motivation. So, um, yeah, 310 to Yuma is is one of the best examples of that. And Ben Foster in this movie is so good. This might be, besides uh, Hell or High Water, his best performance. Yeah. Yeah, so I, good. I'm down with that assessment. So what's your number five? My number five is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm, yeah, good one. Honorable mention. Um, I <laughs> am high. You know, I have to stop saying this because it's just not true anymore. But up until Moonrise Kingdom, I would always say I'm not really a Wes Anderson fan. But man, did I love this movie. But since then, I've really dug the stuff that he's put out. He's evolved as a director. The the um. I guess I could the awkward weirdness of his movies mm-hmm. has become more palatable, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Sure. If you look at like Life Aquatic or Rushmore or uh Rushmore is okay. I can't I can't watch Life Aquatic. It's I my can't favorite I can't watch Darjeeling Limited. I find them absolutely perplexing. I don't understand why people enjoy watching them. Yeah. But I but when Moonrise Kingdom hit, I was like, this is beautiful what in in it's it's quirky still and it's fun and it's interesting but it held my attention in a way and i understood it in a way that the others just just haven't for me and grand budapest is like that as well i think it was fantastic mr fox whenever his style of directing changed i love fantastic mr fox yeah i really do but darjeeling limited is or i mean grand budapest yeah i forgot what what we're talking we're definitely not talking about darjeeling limited well i'm just gonna throw that as an honorable mention it is in here as the i mean that certainly works in the category yeah that's why i kept messing up but (laughs) 
performances from Ray Fiennes, you know, take your hand off my lobby boy. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of fun in this movie. So that's my number five. Uh, so your number four was 310. 310 to Yuma. So my number four, L.A. Confidential. It's a good choice. Uh, it's a, if there's a good crime, you it's know, my cop, honorable mentions. cop movie, it's this one. I mean, look at this cast here. You got Kim Basinger. You Audio got, podcast, Andrew. Audio podcast. I mean, look at this. Look, <laughs> would you look at this poster? <laughs> uh, Guy Pierce, Russell Crowe. I mean... It is Kevin an incredible Spacey. cast. Uh, performances all around, and um, I love it whenever a good cop drama has a fascinating story behind it and a good twist. Mm-hmm. This one has both. Uh, not to give too much away. Uh, oh, yeah, Danny DeVito is kind of in this, too, a little bit. Um, <laughs> I just keep thinking of so many amazing people that sure. are in this movie. Sure. Um, it's one of those movies where even if... No matter how old it is, I don't want to give it away. You know, Sevens like that, or Fight Club, or uh, I'm trying to think of other movies where uh, a Usual Suspects is another great example, where you don't want to, you just got to say, oh, you haven't seen it? Go see that movie. Memento. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you don't know anything about it? I'm not going to say a word. Just go see the movie. Right. The Prestige, you know, those yeah. kind of movies. And I think LA Confidential falls right in that category. I think you're absolutely right. Yep. On to our number threes? Yeah. This is where I have Fargo. Honorable mention, my first honorable mention. Um, I, unlike uh, Wes Anderson, have always been uh, a Coen Brothers fan. They they live on the side of quirk that I have, have always found interesting and fun. Um, and Fargo is really one of their... It's not my favorite Coen Brothers. Well, Hud, yeah, Hudsucker not, Proxy is probably my favorite, which is a weird one for most people. But Not No Country? Um uh no i like hudsucker better than no country wow okay. they're both in my top 100 but uh but i think i have hudsucker higher anyways this isn't about those movies this is <laughs> this is about fargo and i think it says oh, some, sure yeah i think it says something about the fact that it's not even top necessarily top tier cohen's for me it's like high mid-tier uh but it's still number three on my list because they're just that good <laughs> i was about to say a top tier coen brothers movie is close it has the potential to be a a top tier movie of all time right that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah. so uh, uh I, I i love the performances here uh i love everything about it it's good stuff yeah super good uh you might trump me with my number three probably in bruges no no, okay. I just had it in my honorable mentions. Really? That's how much I love these five movies, yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm almost sure it's number six. I'm almost positive it's number six. Yeah. But yeah, but go for it. What a fun, offensive movie. <laughs> I mean if you are of anybody that's offended by anything, don't worry. This movie's gonna cover well, it. Well, have we got a, a movie, movie for you. you? But um Colin Farrell, best performance. Brendan Gleeson, best performance. Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes again. No, I, I don't know because, yeah, Ray Fiennes is just popping up in all of these uh-huh. city movies yeah. I'm just now realizing. <laughs> um, he, he is so evil, but he's a funny evil. Oh, just how over-the-top angry this guy is. And he's yeah. not in the movie all that much. But what I love and what I wish a lot more movies would you know, do is it makes the city a character mm-hmm. and it's so palatable because that's what the movie is about. These two guys who have to go to the city. Yep. One of them who is like, Ooh, look at all this fun stuff we get to do. And then another guy's like, I just, I hate this place so much. And then there's, you know, this 
twist assassin. They're all assassins, and they got to go around this quaint little happy Belgian town. And what they just do to these people who live there, it's so funny. Is uh, this is this the funniest Colin Farrell's ever been? Has he ever been funnier th- in anything than this? No, this is it. He is so funny in this. Maybe he's, Seven Psychopaths, but I would still give the edge to In Bruce. He's, Actually, both Martin McDonough movies. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they are. Um, this is the only Martin McDonough movie that I've enjoyed. Really? Yeah. I didn't even like the one that almost won the Oscar. Or three did it billboards? Win? Did three billboards win? I know it didn't win. Uh, uh, Nan, or McDormand did. Yeah. Yeah. She did. Francis yeah. I didn't. I didn't really dig three billboards. I love that much. three billboards, yeah. and I love Seven Psychopaths, and I love <laughs> In Bruges. That's the order of my loves. Love, love, love. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So, yeah, you had an honorable mention. That's interesting. But yeah. you said it would have been six. I think so. There's one that would have been battling it, and we can get to that when we get to the honorable mentions. Okay. Because um, there are a lot in this category. There are. Uh, so ready for my number two? Yes. My number two, this is the one you may say is a little bit of a stretch, but I don't think so, because I think it's definitely referencing the city, is La La Land. No, I'm going to count it. Yeah, because it's L.A. Well, it's L.A., it, La La Land is a, uh, what would you call it, a nickname for la well and it also is la in the title yeah you know, that's why so. they call it la la land exactly yeah. that's how that all works <laughs> no no that's a good pick good uh that is my number two i've spoken many times uh about how much i love this movie it is one of my favorite movies of all time it has not diminished in time for me um i think uh damien chazelle has done something absolutely incredible here uh and you know it's it's just it's it's a movie i could watch at any point it's just one of those anytime movies for me. Like it, I'll throw it in and just have a great time singing the songs, listening to the soundtrack, watching the performances, watching the incredible camera work. Um, phenomenal stuff. So La La Land is my number two. Yeah. I mean, it's so good that it won best picture, but it <laughs> for a didn't. second, for a second. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yes. It was, it was the best picture of 2017 <laughs> for about, 30 seconds. 30 seconds, yeah. And I don't even like Moonlight. Uh, so my number two then? Yeah. Munich. Yeah, that's the one that Imbruge would have been battling with for number six. Yeah. Um, heartbreaking movie. Yeah. Heart, uh, Steven Spielberg. Uh, true story. I think the fact that it's a true story is really what, you know, just is so tr- terrifying is the fact that this, it's almost hard to believe that this happened. No, I'm not talking about, you know, the uh, the revenge and... Wait, who is who's that? <laughs> I don't know. That may be the, the wrong movie. No, it's the same, like, poster, but that's, like, that's Tupac int- or something. It's an uh, audio podcast, Andrew. Hey, it's an hey, audio, look at this. It's an audio... Who, who is this? An audio I, I podcast. Grabbed, I grabbed the first poster I could find. Yeah. <laughs> is that not the right one? No, no, no. No, it it's might... the right one. It's just not the right guy. Oh. <laughs> It's supposed to be Eric Bana, but that's... Look at this. Are you looking at this? Look at this. It's crazy. Our, our audio listeners are like, what's going on? Yeah. Well, it looks like Tupac put in a Munich poster. There, oh, there you go. Uh, it may not be Tupac. I got like a light flare right on there for me, but... Um, audio yeah. podcast, Andrew. Audio podcast. No, it's not an audio <laughs> podcast anymore. It we is. We have branched out. It is a multi... It is an audio podcast that you can watch live. Yeah. Yeah. Or later on YouTube. And that's right. Yeah. So what I'm doing, Aaron, is I am forcing people to get <laughs> into... I'm trying to get... No, I get Sif it. Pop. People love being forced to do stuff. 
They, yeah. they absolutely, that's their favorite thing. That's an audience's favorite thing is, yeah. is being forced to do something. I'm just encouraging people there to you go, go to YouTube. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, anyhow, so Munich. Tupac is super upset about the Munich Olympics <laughs> and what happened with the Israeli athletes being murdered. So he gets James Bond and uh, some other people to go and fight. Actually, he, he, did you get that? I did catch that, yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't know, Daniel Craig is one of his first movies. Yes. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's fascinating. It's heartbreaking, like... Because everybody knew about the traumatic events of the Munich uh, massacres. But what a lot of people didn't know is this Mossad secret revenge plot that goes on. And how they got guys to seek out revenge and to take out these terrorists who really, besides Eric Bana's character, really weren't like military, like assassin people like one was a toy maker one was just like a, a salesman you know and they got these guys to clean house all over the world it's a fascinating movie and it's easily tupac's best performance <laughs> yeah there we go there's the right picture <laughs> Look at this. Isn't this crazy? You, you, if you want to see what happened, you got to go to YouTube, people. You got to watch the video. I'm fighting a losing battle. I apologize to uh, to all of our audience yeah. uh, that's listening audio-wise. Uh, all right. Uh, we're on to our number ones, right? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it should be any surprise. My number one is Roma. Um, again, another movie I have talked uh, lots and lots about how much I love and all the reasons why. In fact, it's it's one of my favorite Aaron loses his mind moments when the, we did the first podcast on Roma. And I basically went on like a 10 minute soliloquy about uh, how <laughs> the meaning in the universe all stems from Alfonso Caron's Roma. Uh, so I don't need to rehash all that other than to say it is one of my favorite movies and uh, a beautiful experience for me every time I watch it. Um. It's interesting because while I do love that movie, it's a one and done watch for me. Yeah, no, and I, I get that. I actually, I actually really understand that for a lot of people. Yeah. So. Uh, so my number one. Yeah, tell is me. Number eight movie of all time for me. Ooh. Gangs of New York. Yeah, I wondered. It's in my honorable mentions. I mean, you got Daniel Day Lewis being his almost most Daniel Day Lewis. Besides, there will be blood. This is his best performance as Bill the Butcher. Mm -hmm. Um. And then you have him on side alongside Leo and uh, uh, what's what's her face Cameron Diaz. Um, man, this is it's a long Scorsese movie, but the fact that I can watch this movie multiple times, like sit down for three hours and watch it and be immersed and just so captivated for three hours from this movie from beginning to end. Again, it makes the city a character mm -hmm. you know and if well in the way it portrays early new york yeah. is so compelling i'm a sucker for period pieces yeah. anyway so well especially because it, it does it in such a way that feels so authentic and it feels like you really understand what it would have been like to have been on that island to be in awful. manhattan <laughs> yeah <laughs> awful during it that would have time been so awful <laughs> uh but yeah the uh, the five points during the civil war because a lot of Civil War movies take place, you know, uh, you know, on the battlefield. This is a Civil War movie that shows what it was like in the big cities, like what the people in New York or what possibly the people in like Chicago could have been going through during this 
this time and it's fascinating because i'd never seen that done in that way before and uh it's a violent movie if if you've ever seen a scorsese movie you know the type of movie you're getting into yeah for sure um definitely performances are stellar does it hurt your heart to know i've only seen it once uh no because it just gives you the opportunity to see it that many more times just because i don't know man of all the movies i want to see a second time it's not it's not high up on the list I, I mean, okay, I, I really, like how you are with Roma. Yeah, I get that because it's an undertaking to right. sit down and watch this movie. Yeah, you've got to commit to wanting <laughs> to sit through it. But if yeah. you do, then the payoff is so good. Yeah, I might. Who knows? Maybe someday I'll watch it again. Yeah. Don't forget, I like dark movies. So. You know what? I, the point where I probably watch it again is when I go through uh, a Daniel Day Lewis phase where I want to watch all his performances because. I mean, the he, range. May, he may be the, the, you know, him and Meryl Streep are probably in a battle for the greatest actors to ever live. And yeah. it's just in, incredible to watch his stuff. So I think that while I do love Meryl Streep, I think that he's shown more versatility. And yeah, that's uh, an interesting thought. I, yeah. It's I don't think it's as cut and dry as you think. But well, yeah, it's, that's the thing. He's only done like four movies. Yeah. Well, Meryl Streep's done and she's consistent. Yeah. That's, they're both consistent. But she definitely takes a, a lot more paychecks than he does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like she'll she'll be willing to be in stuff, but she's always good when she is. Yeah. I'm excited to see her in Big I Little Lies. I don't know what uh, how much money he makes per pair of shoes Daniel Day-Lewis makes. <laughs> Fun fact, for those of you who don't know, he's, he's a cobbler. He's a cobbler. Yeah. Um, yeah, because what was, the mo- what was the Meryl Streep movie I just watched? Since he's Caucasian, would he be a peach cobbler? <laughs> Bye, <I'm> just, everybody. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> asking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just a question that I had. River Wild. I was going to say, I just watched River Wild the other day. Yeah, and I was like, man. you know what? You know, it's it's not, you know, a very well-known or received movie, but so she's good. she's good. It's one of my favorites, man. Really? Yeah. It's fun, good movie. David Strathairn's in that. Kevin Bacon's in that. Um, that's, John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Kid from Jurassic Park. It's it's a good movie. Yeah. It really is. I think we literally last or listed the entire cast of that movie. <laughs> it's because yeah. one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, it's she's, a beautiful metaphor movie about divorce. Divorce too, which I think is real. A lot of people don't see that in it, but the idea oh, yeah. of marriage is a, a rapid, you know, river yeah. that you have it's to. It's a gauntlet. Yeah, exactly. Hey. Uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, how do we want to do this? Do we want to just run through them? Yeah, back and forth, real quick. Just sure. To... We'll have. I'll have to like mark them off my list if you if you say them, but we can okay. do that. Tombstone. Okay. Another mark, great western. Mark that off my list. Uh, Philadelphia, I think, has to be mentioned. Yeah, mark it off mine. Dallas Buyers Club. Has to be mentioned. Yep. Sleepless in Seattle, I think, has to be mentioned. Yep, good one. Uh, Fear, Loathing in Las Vegas. You gotta, you gotta like a certain type of movie to appreciate yeah. that movie, but the performances are really good. Uh, Nashville. Um, is, is haven't seen it, basically so I couldn't put the. It. Uh, it, it should be like the poster child for this category. Yeah, really. <laughs> the name of the movie is just Nashville. <laughs> Escape from New York. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. I, what's that? You, haven't you seen Mr. Smith Goes to Washington? I've never heard of it. It's a classic. That is a classic, oh, is man. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Jimmy Stewart. Oh, Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. Well, he's a good guy, that Jimmy <laughs> Stewart. Letters from Iwo Jima. Ooh. Uh, Talladega Nights. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good call. Rumble in the Bronx. Nice. Yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. 
No, I thought you were going to say Beverly Hills Ninja. No, no, I'm not going to say Beverly Hills. We try to keep it at least up to a certain level. We're not just naming everything in the category. No, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop's pretty good. I love Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Straight out of Compton. Yeah, I had that one as well. Okay. Uh, Selma. Yeah, good one. Chinatown. Uh-huh. Casablanca. Hate that movie. <laughs> I really do. I think it's one of the most overrated movies ever. Really? I really do. It's not that bad. Yeah. Uh, I already said Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 13 Hours, Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. Good choice. I like that movie. I I, I think it's fine. I, a lot, I can get why people don't like it because, you know, it's a Michael Bay movie. It's but one it's of a good the best. Michael Bay it's movie. It's a good Michael Bay movie. <laughs> they do exist. Yeah, The Rock and that. <laughs> <laughs> and then that covers it. Yeah. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's a good call. And it's not even about that Manchester. You know, most people think of like the the... European, right. you know, Manchester, but nope, it's American Manchester. Uh, Muppets Take Manhattan. Good. Uh, Detroit. Did you like Detroit? Never actually. I like, I got Detroit. I almost watched Detroit. Never like pulled the trigger on it. And that's a pun. Uh, and then these are my, my three clever picks. You ready? Clever picks. These, these are my clever picks. <laughs> okay. Bull Durham. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ready for the next one? Yeah. Now that I know what this list is going to be like, yeah. Charlotte's Web. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And finally, Independence Day. Wow. You (laughs) really stretched that Independence Day one. Appreciate it. Thank you. That's what I do. So there you Actually, go. Actually, I would have given you a lot of credit for Charlotte's Web if you would have let off with that one. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's clever. But, the, but then the, I ruined it. it. Yeah, kind of ruined uh, it. I apologize there with Independence that. Day. Well, there you go. Those are the honorable mentions, and that is our best ever movies with uh, city names in the title. If you've got other clever ones or otherwise that you want to make sure gets mentioned, uh, feel free to hit us up in the chat or to uh, hit us up via email. Uh, we would appreciate it. Feedback at sifpop.com. Uh, before we head on to the Sift Quest, just a huge thank you to our Sift Pop members. Uh, we love you very much. There is a uh, member show that happens in addition to every episode of Sift Pop that just our members get to hear in their own dedicated podcast feed. So if you are a Sift Pop member, starts three bucks a month, uh, you can hear us chat. I think we're going to chat a little more about uh, what the MCU might do with the X-Men in our member show. So uh, go to patreon.com slash Pop to check that out. And there's other fun perks there as well. We do a monthly hangout. In fact, Monday we're doing the uh, monthly hangout uh, where you can ask me questions directly. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. And uh, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for supporting it. Literally is why we are able to do this. Um, and so we appreciate you again. That's patreon.com slash sift pop. All right. On to the sift quest. And we're going to, uh, take a question here about distractions, uh, in movies or I guess around movies, right? Like it's like distraction here. I'll read the question for you with the influx of Disney remakes this summer and Dumbo Aladdin and the lion King. I still can't believe they're doing three in one year. That just seems like a bad decision, but Anyways, moving on. How much do you consider, quote unquote, outside factors when watching, discussing, and rating a movie? By outside factors, I mean anything from knowing in the back of your mind that there is another movie very similar to this and probably better than the one you're currently watching, or even social cultural issues surrounding the film. Recent examples include Green Book's treatment of racism or Bohemian Rhapsody's director coming under controversy. 
Essentially, what I'm asking is, where is the line between just watching something as a self-contained film and judging a film based on elements that might not necessarily be related to the filmmaking itself? Uh, we love these kind of questions on Sifbox. This is a super good one. Because it allows for open discussion about something that's maybe a little bit deeper than just, who's the best actor for this role? You know, that kind of stuff. So thank you so much for sending in the question. Uh, Andrew, what are some of your thoughts? Um, actually, I have like different answers for like all these different categories. Well, feel free to break it down. Let's just yeah, chat about um, whenever it comes to like uh, a director coming under like uh, like uh, like the Brian Singer thing is like thing, sure. what they're talking about. That stuff doesn't bother me because I'm not. So that going... does, stuff doesn't impact you at all. No, because I'm not thinking in the back of my mind whenever I'm watching a movie. Like, man, Brian Singer made this. Can you believe Brian Singer did this or that? You know, mm-hmm. I I totally forget. It doesn't bother me. Um, Isn't there, I mean, is there a point at which it would, you know, whatever it would be? Well, let's just, I mean, this is about the, you know, the biggest example I can think of is Michael Jackson, right? Yeah. With the latest documentary going even more into detail that it looks like some, you know, very bad things happened on some people's watches with him and kids. Um, can you still enjoy thriller? You know, like that's the, the idea. Cosby is another big example, right? Yeah. You know, the idea that this man was abusing women for years is, and I can say that because he's convicted of it. He's in prison for it. Can you go back and listen to why is there air, you know, his comedy album and laugh? Is it possible? Um, kind of. I will say, yes, I can acknowledge that what he did is possibly the worst thing you could ever do to somebody. But I can also acknowledge the fact that growing up listening to that, I think it's one of the funniest um, stand-ups ever. Mm-hmm. I cried well, I was even, laughing so hard whenever even the I listened to Cosby it. Even the Cosby show, right? Like, Cosby show was a huge part of me growing up. It was on yeah, every Thursday Fat night. Albert and that. Yeah. Yeah. And the Cosby show, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think whenever like you see the person like on screen, it can kind of alter it. But like a director or something, they're kind of like, you know, the man behind the curtain. So it really you kind of forget a little bit. But whenever they're like the face of a movie like Kevin Spacey, you know, like whenever he comes under fire, you know, that you're like, oh, yeah, that's he kind of did that. So Mm -hmm. it's it's weird. I'm not saying that like actors are automatically worse because you see them. I'm thinking I'm just saying that it it's easier to put two and two together well it's more it's more in your face exactly yeah yeah um as far as like disney movies and stuff i'm always gonna say why don't because even (laughs) as far as remakes yeah even when i'm watching them i'm like yeah does it impact a little bit okay right because i'm like i know there's a better movie Mm -hmm. there's they can't make it better because a my my nostalgia is going to be biased and it's going to tell me no matter what they do it's going to be worse than the original Mm -hmm. and i'm just going to be looking for all the things i'm like yeah they did that different yeah they did that different yeah they did that different Mm -hmm. granted whenever they did uh aladdin i was like okay yeah they did that different but i appreciated the fact they did that different you Mm -hmm. know whereas like dumbo i'm like yeah the first one you know yeah it didn't age well but this is just (laughs) a bad movie (laughs) right um and it's it's weird because i'm going to be watching the lion king Mm -hmm. i'm excited for it but at the same time i'm like i'm just gonna watch it i'm gonna be like yeah it's that's different different. i'm gonna have those distractions yeah so yeah i'm kind of all over the board like yeah this doesn't bother me but this does but this doesn't but this does so i guess the answer is yes but not in an 
over uh, like it's not this enveloping thing like yeah. if one thing bothers me then everything has to bother me i can pick and choose what bothers me <laughs> it's it's interesting right because cancel culture is a real thing right now the idea that a real the, annoying thing yeah well it's it's a real thing where it's like okay such and such is canceled uh because this thing they did this thing they said you know that kind of idea and I like I understand so much of it. Like I, I really get the idea of not wanting to elevate people who are doing very harmful things to other people. But I think it's there's so much more nuance to it than that. I don't think it's a black and white thing because, you know, honestly, if if everybody knew everybody else's secrets, let's just be honest. If everybody knew everybody else's secrets, uh, everybody would be canceled. Right. In some way or another. And I you get, would not have me and, as a co-host for this podcast. And I and I get that there is a spectrum. I get that there there are things that are um, f- for many reasons, many good reasons considered more evil than other things. Right. Like, I, yeah, I get that. I under I'm not saying, you know, just because somebody has uh, a minor issue, it's the same as somebody who has, quote unquote, major issue. I'm saying is it's more complicated than the ability to just say such and such. And here's the other thing. People do change. Right. Like there yeah. is also the idea. We, we, we've we seen this discussion happen with James Gunn. I was just about to say in, James Gunn. In one way. Right. Yeah. And happen with Louis C.K. in a completely different way. Yeah. Right. And a lot of those. I, that's why I think it's so valuable whenever we're talking about that level of things to be able to have those conversations on a specific basis. And by the way, again, about people we have no direct personal interaction with. Right. When when we talk about, you know, what's proven that somebody's done or not done, we're talking about a human being that is not inside our personal circle. So we don't have the perspective except what other firsthand participants have said. Yeah. I think that makes a huge difference as well. Because totally. if it's somebody in your inner circle, then you can have actual conversations, right? Like, you know, if you know I've done something horrible, you can come to me and say, dude, what's going on here? Oh, and we well, can I have don't a- know I can do that. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, so that's, for me, that is an, an interesting and very nuanced conversation to be able to have outside of a movie yeah um i think it all comes down to distractions i think it all comes down to what hangs in your brain enough that you can't shake it when you're trying to watch something or when you're trying and if and if somebody's actions outside of being you know uh, uh an actor or a character in a movie is going to hang with you like that, then I, I don't blame you. Like, I'm not saying you're a bad movie watcher because you can't let it go. I'm also not saying you're a bad movie watcher because you can. Like, yeah. I just think, I think it has to do with distractions. Uh, there are plenty of stories that Alfred Hitchcock was probably not a great dude when he directed your movies, right? Yeah. It, it For me, that distraction doesn't change my ability to love and respect his films, yeah. right? Um. So it, it's, I think it's nuanced. I think it's, it's very difficult in that regard. The Disney thing, obviously, I've talked about before, doesn't bother me at all. So that's never a distraction for me. Yeah. I think I'm able to take those. For me, my distractions are often with truth. If I feel like a movie is lying to me, 
then I get really distracted. Um, and The Greatest Showman is probably one of the best recent examples of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, it Barnum. Is, <laughs> it, is, it is hard for me not to be distracted. Not just that Barnum, you know, it appears as if was not a very good guy and took advantage of very weak, weak people. But the fact that the movie makes it look like he's a champion of those people yeah. is very hard for me to let go. Is that outside the movie? Maybe not. Maybe that's actually part of the reason I don't like the movie is that the movie is specifically saying that inside the movie. So I don't know if that's definitely what we're talking about here, but I think that's kind of part of it, right? And I think when you're dealing with Green Book, since Green Book is mentioned, it's the same kind of thing, right? The movie is making an effort to tell a story in a way that participants in the story are saying is not true and is not accurate. Yeah. So that is a distraction for me and it makes, and I think it's part of actually judging grading the material is that nuanced idea of that so that's where it comes into play for me mostly is is when i get distracted yeah so but i think everybody's different yeah for me i just case by case basis Mm -hmm. so yeah good question yeah great question we love those discussions uh if you have a discussion a a sift quest you want to send us on uh feel free to hit us up at feedback at sifpop.com uh and we will we will chat about it Right on to our buried treasure. Yeah. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Uh, you gave a hint at what yours might be last week. Is it going to be that this week? No, because I'm gonna. I saved it for you. Uh, I didn't do it this week either because oh, I saved it for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you want to just real quick? I bought just... you a case for your hairbrush. <laughs> you guys are so cute. I sold my hair so that you could <laughs> get, get a watch or whatever that yeah, story is. Um, you want to just both of us just real quick talk about Good Omens and then we can get well, into our you know, buried treasure? Honestly, I've still only seen two episodes. Oh. So I, you are probably the, the one to talk about it a little bit more. It's so good. Yeah. It's crazy good. I, That's I, all I'm going to say. I, I will say I, I went into it with really high expectations and that may have impacted. I, I think it's good. It's just not as great as I wanted it to be yet. But again, I'm only two episodes in. Yeah, it's really it's a really quick watch. Only six episodes, which mm-hmm. I didn't know because I watched four episodes and I'm like, ooh, this I can't wait for this to, you know. Mm-hmm. I can't wait for the next 20 episodes. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was thinking because they had commercials for this for so long, yeah. like over a year. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be so good. But it's only six episodes. I love that. I love that we're doing six episodes runs. Uh, you know, it's a BBC ish six thing. <laughs> episode runs of things because um, I think that's kind of the mindset we're in. It is a very BBC thing. Um, what is it? Fleabag is like twenty minute episodes, and there's like six of them in a season. Like it's yeah. less than the most feature length movies. You watch a whole season of TV. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of love that. That's one of my favorite things. But it's you know Michael Sheen and David Tennant. You know, working oh, David Tennant's so great. Yeah, they're both amazing. They're both perfectly cast. Mm-hmm. John Hamm, in what I've seen so far, is, is really Gabriel. great too. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty funny. Um, everybody in the show is super good. Um, it, the show is unlike anything else I'd ever seen. Um, I like that style of humor. It reminds me so much of something I'd see in like a uh, uh, Edgar Wright kind of a movie, you know? It mm-hmm. just it feels like that, you know, these two goofy buddies, you know? And I love that. Maybe that's why I'm connecting to it so much. Also, this like take on a christian mythology as opposed to really interesting right yeah yeah it's super fun right from the get-go the very first scene of this movie is about when creation happened it's so funny and it's hilarious but the movie is very almost painstakingly kind of like old school 
Christian worldview yeah. in its idea of a literal biblical story of creation and that kind of stuff. And it's, I think it's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, you could probably answer this uh, better than me, but you've only seen two episodes. Nothing's like offended you so far or anything well, like that? Well, I mean, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I don't get offended really um, about that kind of stuff. Uh, but no, I actually think it's, it's kind of beautiful the way it's portraying stuff. Yeah. It's not trying to be literal. I no, mean, you know, that's the thing. I think that's is it Neil what Gaiman? I would, yeah, that's what I would really try and tell everybody. Uh, this is not a literal like representation. It's, it's, a. Uh, and yet it kind of is like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's saying, this is what's in the Bible. Right. Yeah. But exactly. at the same time, it's yeah. like, yeah, but that's not what it really meant. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Unless you know, unless you were there, uh, then you can tell me. Uh, actually, David Tennant's character is, is based, based on you. Yeah, I didn't uh, even you know, realize maybe that. Maybe that's the thing. Whenever I watch a show, I'm like, oh, I'm David Tennant, and Aaron's and I'm yeah, you're, exactly. You're Michael Sheen. That's fair. I yeah. think that's very fair. You know, I, I don't know why I'm going to say this right now, but um, I was thinking the other day of like like doing a cartoon mock-up of both of us, uh-huh. and I was thinking of doing you as Dudley <laughs> Do Right and me as Snidely Whiplash. <laughs> Oh, somebody will do it now. Yeah. Somebody will do the Aaron is Snidely. Or no, you is Snidely. I'm Snidely and you're Dudley do right. Uh, but my actual buried treasure for this week. And we're even on our proper sides of the poster. Sorry, it's an <laughs> yeah, audio podcast. It's, it's so an audio good. podcast here, Aaron. Audio oh, podcast. I'm converting you. <laughs> I can, can I say one thing about Good Omens? I, I feel like the, and it's right up my alley, but I feel like some of the humor is very... Douglas Adams, Hitchhiker's Guy. Oh, yes. Uh, like yeah. the, some of the narrations and stuff. I'm getting that vibe from it, and I love it. Like, it's so fun. Well, and it's it's almost like a... a Neil Gaiman also did... Um, what's the other God one that's uh, on... Oh, American Gods. American Gods, right? Yeah. It's like if American Gods were good, you know? Hey! <laughs> I like American Gods. I know you do. I was just yeah. trying to get under your skin. Yeah, good job. Uh, you ready for my buried treasure? I didn't even give mine yet. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We just talked about good omens. Go ahead. Yeah, my actual buried treasure is American Ninja Warrior. It's back. <laughs> you dropped a reference earlier. Yeah, Naji dropped Najee a little Naji re- reference. Yep. Uh, man, it's one of my favorite shows, and they've introduced some new elements to They're the show. Great, right? Yeah, Power Tower is, is like a game changer. It, it really is, literally yeah. a game changer. Yeah. Um, are you? Have you watched both episodes so far? Uh, yeah. 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 The Atlanta qualifiers, I think, was the, the yeah last the one episode. that just aired. Yeah. Um. Whew. There are some. I I finally figured out why I love this show so much. It's the only show I watch where there's not a villain. There's mm. no bad guy. You cheer for every single person, and you can't even get mad at the course. You know, the mm-hmm. course isn't a villain. Right. The course is what brings out the best in people. So the course is actually a good guy, I guess. If we're <laughs> if we're trying to do that metaphor, but um, I love uh, Akbar Bajibiamela. Uh, Christine Leahy's not here. This it's a uh, uh, what's I her forget name? her name, but Meg yeah. something I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, Matt Eisman and and Akbar are just the two best hosts. I love those <laughs> guys fun. so much. Um, they are they are a little over the top for me sometimes. Really, it's very purposeful. I totally get it. Yeah, but it's a little much. I like, but the, I get it. I like them going over the top like that because it kind of makes me go over the top whenever I'm yeah. watching it. Well, I'm that's like, the goal. Yeah, it works for me because yeah. whenever I see him, I'm like, "Yeah, let's go, let's get Brent Stephenson up there. I want him to do it." <laughs> and it, the show is good about giving you know backstories on people, but it doesn't do the thing that I think American Idol or uh, 
America's Got Talent, you know, it doesn't always do the sad sap story. There are those, you know, at, before somebody does a run. And uh, I also like the fact that just because they do a sad sap story, it's not an automatic win form. It's right. how you do on the uh, The on course. The course will determine, yeah. Yeah, so they could, I've seen where they do the sad sap story, like they lost their house in a fire mm-hmm. and all their family. America's Got Talent is the worst yeah. at that. They yeah. are... They are very much, and that's a Simon Cowell thing. It's definitely a Simon Cowell thing. He loves the idea of the story is more important than the talent when yeah. it all comes down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but I've seen like episodes where like they give the super sad story, and the person doesn't make it past the first uh, mm-hmm. obstacle. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, a disappointing run, but we're glad you showed up," you know. Yeah, and then they get on to the real ninjas, you know. And yeah. I love that show so much. Yeah. I, I thought about running once, but then I realized I could not do it because <laughs> I went rock or artificial rock wall climbing and uh-huh. uh, they have like the handhold things, you know, like the inch long. I can't I can't hold myself up by my finger yeah. tips right there. Yeah. So it just gave me that much more appreciation for how oh, yeah. good these people are. Do you think that the American Ninja Warrior houses the most athletic people in like it's the most versatile Ooh. range of athleticism. Versatility would be the the attribute you'd want to talk about because it's definitely a, a huge expanse of different kinds of athletes. Yeah, um, rock climbers do well, but so do Parkourist. lifters and parkour artists. And yeah, so it's I, I think I think it'd be a fair argument to make. Yeah, um, yeah, because everything else seems so specialized. Yeah. Nice. So that yeah, that's my I love Ninja Warrior. Summer is reality television time for me, man. Like yeah. it's just like I, I'm probably watching seven different reality shows because all my competition shows that I love come out during the summer. Oh, Survivor so, kicked up again or something. Well, no, 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 no. But I guess not all of them. I guess I do like Survivor. <laughs> you don't um, like Survivor. No, I love Survivor. You love Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> um but Amazing Race kicked up, uh So You Think You Can Dance kicked up, uh, America's Got Talent, American Ninja Warrior. Uh, let's see. I, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing a few, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. summer, I, I watch a lot of reality TV Nice, and I love it and I'm not ashamed. So deal with Good it. Good for you, Aaron. Uh, all right. Own my, your truth. My buried treasure is not a reality TV show. My buried treasure <laughs> is, well, in some ways, unfortunately, a bit of a reality TV show, uh, black mirror. Uh, is my buried treasure. Oh, yeah. I've only watched the first episode. Three new episodes. <laughs> so you watch Striking Vipers? Yeah. Okay. So three new episodes. Um, I will just say this, specifically the second episode, Smithereens. I like all three. If I if I rank them in order, uh, Smithereens would be number one. Uh, Striking Vipers would be number two. And uh, the Miley Cyrus one, which I can't, I think it's the names. It's like Jack Ashley and something or whatever, mm. would be number three. Smithereens would be in my top five Black Mirror episodes ever. Really? Um, if this were a movie, it would be the second, my second favorite movie of the year. Um, wow. And it is an hour and 10 minutes long. It's not far from, you know, these, all three of them, in fact, are 70 minutes long. Yeah. So, you know, these are movies uh, at this point. Uh, Andrew Scott, um, who you may know as Moriarty. Moriarty. Uh, from the BBC Sherlock. Uh, and more recently in Fleabag as the hot priest, I think is what people call him in Fleabag. <laughs> hot priest. <laughs> what a character descriptor. Uh, Andrew Scott is, this is the best performance I've seen all year, film, television, all of it. Wow. Uh, he blew. It's like, it's him the entire time, pretty much 70 minutes straight, just blowing my mind. Um, so this is Black Mirror. It's like Jordan Peele, you know, did the Twilight Zone. And it was it was kind of like uh, a little bit. You know what it reminded me of? 
Do you ever see the SNL sketch where they're like kids putting on a high school drama production and every production ends with like a really ham fisted moral point or whatever? Mm-mm. And it's like like the last line of the skit is, and now you've got AIDS, you know, or something <laughs> like that. You know, uh, that's kind of what Twilight Zone reminded of me uh, this year was just the, just very ham fisted, you know, browbeating kind of stuff. And then Black Mirror comes out. I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is how you do an anthology series. Yeah. Um, and it's. I, I, I don't know when I don't know when they'll have a bad season, but it hasn't happened yet for me. And I just I love that it's three basically three movies just released on Netflix. Yeah. So well, it's good stuff. Um I really did like Striking Vipers. Yeah. No, um, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's super good. Love Anthony Mackie. But uh it's just been one of those things I I had to pick which one I had time to watch and I'm just going to go chronological order. But now I'm super stoked to watch Smithereens. And and the Miley one isn't bad, but it's, it's more like probably upper lower tier black mirror, which again is a great thing when it's black mirror. And black Um, mirror can even be on its own like chart, like a decent black mirror episode could be a stellar episode compared to some other television you're watching. mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of looks like collateral a little bit. Hmm. It's not. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you anything else about it. Yeah, but it's not collateral. No, it's not. Uh, that's not Tom Cruise in the back. <laughs> no, I'm not going to talk anymore about the image because it's an audio podcast, Andrew. No, we. It's not anymore. It is an we've audio ev- podcast. We've evolved. Whatever it is, we did it. We're a tasteful podcast. We did a podcast, Andrew. Woo-hoo! It happened. And whether or not you joined for just the audio or maybe you're watching the video I'm on YouTube. I'm forcing people to watch this video. You know what? Honestly, go subscribe on YouTube, you know? <laughs> um, I mean, you. It, my goal will always be to keep Andrew in check so that you can enjoy this just in your ears. But if you want to tickle your eyeballs as well, uh, we can do that at YouTube. So uh, it's just SifBop, youtube.com slash SifBop. Uh, you can go sub and check out the live shows or watch them afterwards because they'll be up there afterwards as well. So, yep. but we did it, man. Yeah, we 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 talked about movies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of what we do here. It's good times. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again. Thank you, buddy. Uh, you can find him at Flick Freaks all over the social medias. Uh, you can find me at Aaron Dicer, and you can also, of course, follow at Sif Pop. Uh, much love and gratitude to our members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts three bucks a month. You get access to every bonus episode in your own podcast feed, as well as, well as some other fun perks, including a monthly video hangout. Uh, also, your support is directly helping Sif Pop do some cool new stuff in 2019, including adding some live video to what is an audio podcast. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. It works for me. Uh, <laughs> but no, thank you for doing that. Uh, honestly, we couldn't do it uh, without you, uh, so we do appreciate it. You can find out more at Patreon, patreon.com slash Sifpop. Lots of ways to connect with us. Uh, you can comment, rate at wherever you listen. Um, throw some stars at us at Apple Podcasts because iTunes no longer exists. So get the Apple Podcast app and throw some stars at us there. Uh, lots of uh, ways, including email. You can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it, and that listening is much easier, apparently, than adapting the Dark Phoenix story. Uh, we will be back 
uh, next week to chat uh, Men in Black International. Yeah. A new Men in Black movie coming out next week, so we'll chat that. Next up in your spoiler feed should be, next up in your podcast feed should be the spoilers. Yeah. Uh, thank you for watching live. Uh, as mentioned, we are going to go live with the spoilers, but we want to do it in a separate video so that people are warned uh, about what's going on. Let me check the chat real quick before we close this out. Uh, oh, nice active chat. Very cool. Uh, so thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, somebody says, no movie can be a, as bad as Last Stand. Does that mean he thinks The Last Stand is the worst movie ever made? Because I have some suggestions. Yeah. If, if you really want the worst movie ever made. Uh, uh, David says, I thought the first five episodes were A or A- minus of Good Omens. Um, but the last was maybe a C plus. So Ooh. now I'm scared. I um, liked it. All right. We're going to close this one out. Producer Phil's going to close this out here. And then we will kick up the new one. It should already be on the channel. So maybe I'll tweet it out as well. Good call. Uh, so we'll do that. We'll see you then. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.